Welcome to the latest Bicom podcast. I'm Richard Pater, the director of Bicom. This is actually our 200th episode, uh, but sadly there is nothing really here to celebrate in Israel this week. Instead, we've witnessed more deadly terror attacks against Israeli citizens, combined with an unprecedented counterattack by Israeli settlers targeting Palestinians. Overall, in the last month, we've seen 14 Israeli civilians killed in terror attacks, while since the beginning of this calendar year, 61 Palestinians have been killed. Of those, it's estimated around 52 were either terrorists or involved in some form of violent conduct at the time of their death. To explore these issues, I'm joined by one of Israel's leading experts in the Palestinian areas, doctor and colonel in the reserves, Michael Milstein. Um, Dr. Milstein is the head of the Palestinian Studies Forum at the Diane Center in Tel Aviv University and a senior analyst at the Institute for Policy and Strategy at Reichman University. He is also the former advisor on Palestinian affairs to the coordinator of government activities in the territories, COGAT, and headed the Department for Palestinian Affairs in IDF Intelligence. Dr. Milstein, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Thank you, Richard. So perhaps we can start on, a, on the broadest issue. Um, as I mentioned in the introduction, we've seen a kind of growing terror attack, not just this year, but also going back into last year as well. How can you best uh, explain the rise in motivation to, uh, to commit these terror attacks? And perhaps what is uh, the unique characteristics of this current wave? Well, as, as you described it correctly, uh, Richard, uh, here in Israel, we face uh, an ongoing escalation during the last year. Uh, there, were, there were ups and downs in this wave of escalation, ongoing escalation since last Ramadan till today, but we are still talking about consistent dynamic of this, uh, of this uh, threat. And when we are trying to, to uh, analyze and see what are the roots what are actually the reasons for this, uh, this ongoing escalation? I think that we can actually uh, find three, uh, three elements, three reasons uh, for this, uh, this uh, challenge. The first one is, uh, I would call it maybe a social uh, reason. Uh, and actually, I will define it as the rising of the young Palestinian generation, the Z generation. When you check the profiles of uh, most of the uh, Palestinians who committed terror attacks during the last uh, last year and also during uh, the uh, the very uh, very uh, uh, cruel uh, terror attacks uh, uh, in the uh, last weeks in Jerusalem and in other places in Samaria and Judea, uh, you can see that we're, that those who committed those terror attacks are. Uh, most of them are from the Z generation. They were born after the year 2000. Most of, most of them are not affiliated with no, uh, no political organization in the Palestinian arena, especially not uh, the, the, the uh, Palestinian Authority. And they act uh, individually or in uh, the frame of, uh, of a very small and limited uh, cells, most of them local. The second uh, reason uh, for, the, uh, for this uh, wave of escalation is the broad, deep weakness of the PA. Actually, there is a lack of sovereignty in many places, in many, in many areas uh, in the West Bank, basically the northern parts of the West Bank, Jenin and Nablus. And uh, here we are talking about lack of uh, self-confidence, 
and uh, also a very poor image, a public image of the PA in the eyes of the Palestinians. And the third reason is the ongoing tough uh, uh, incitement of Hamas that actually supplies, uh, you know, uh, ideological fuel for the uh, for the uh, violent uh, attacks uh, during the last year. And I think that the, the uh, mix, the combination of those three reasons actually uh, explain us uh, uh, this, uh, this ongoing escalation. But during the last uh, two months, there was another, it's, it's, not, an, it's not a reason, but I, I think it's an addition uh, for the, the, uh, the broad uh, atmosphere of escalation. And this is the unclear policy of Israel, of the of Israeli government regarding the Palestinian arena. Actually, today, here in Israel, we don't really know what is the, the exact policy of uh, of the government toward the Palestinian uh, the Palestinian uh, arena. Is it the uh, the uh, agenda of Smotrich and Benver that leads to uh, uh, actually eradicate the the PA? And uh, uh, make the uh, settlement uh, settlements in the uh, in the uh, West Bank broader, or is it Netanyahu's uh, policy that uh, aims to preserve the uh, the current situation, also to strengthen the uh, the uh, PA? And uh, actually, today there is no clear policy, uh, a situation that, of course, makes the whole situation much more complicated. Thank you. I'm going to come on to the, some of the, uh, the political elements uh, a little bit later. Um, perhaps if, if we could just focus for a moment on the, the difficult events of this week um, that I mentioned, both the terror attack and the revenge attacks took place in the, uh, the Palestinian village of Hawara. Um, perhaps it's, it's quite a unique village. If anyone has visited the West Bank, they know mm -hmm. that the main highway um, runs right through the intersects this uh, this village used by both the uh, Jewish settlers and Palestinians um, and and quite nearby is the uh, the, the relatively also radical settlement of uh, Yisahar which has a reputation for price tags and uh, vigilante attacks by the settlers um, obviously this makes a quite a toxic mix um, what would you can pr prescribe what could be done to avoid areas of friction in this area specifically? Well, uh, actually, uh, you mentioned correct, uh, uh, Richard, that uh, Hawara, uh, the village uh, in the path of, of Nablus, is uh, one of the, uh, I would call it, uh, uh, the most, uh, most uh, uh, boiling uh, points in the, in the West Bank. And I, I must admit, uh, uh, Richard, that I'm Till now, I'm quite satisfied uh, uh, from the response of the uh, senior figures here in Israel uh, regarding the, the negative, horrible events during uh, during uh, the night that uh, that uh, uh, the riots took place in Hawara. The riots that uh, was uh, were promoted by uh, by the uh, the radical settlers, and you can hear Prime Minister and. Uh, most of the ministers and even some leaders of the of the right wing, they all uh, criticized, they all attacked these th those uh, horrible uh, riots. But I think that w when we are speaking about the future and the way to improve the uh, the uh, uh, governmental treatment 
in such a, a phenomenon, I think there are three things that must be done uh, by, by the government and by, by the IDF and, and other uh, security organizations. First of all, I think that uh, ma mainly uh, IDF must uh, uh, strengthen his, uh, his uh, um, uh, connections, his uh, channels of discourse with the, uh, with the uh, senior figures uh, in, the, in the settlements, the leaders uh, of, the, uh, of the yeshivot, uh, the, the prominent rabbis, uh, the prominent uh, heads of the uh, municipal councils, they got a lot of influence on their own local communities. And it is very important to, to, ha to have an open channel with them uh, in order actually to limit, to avoid, to prevent any, any uh, future riots. Second thing is to promote or implement tough uh, judicial steps against everyone who, uh, who promotes uh, uh, riots, uh, like the riots uh, that uh, took place in, uh, in Hawara. I think that uh, everyone who, who, who uh, does such a thing, uh, basically those who also attack IDF, uh, IDF uh, soldiers, IDF soldiers who protect them must be arrested and must be, be judged uh, immediately. And uh, the third thing is actually to improve the, uh, you know, the intelligence, uh, the, uh, the uh, way we, uh, we uh, in IDF and other uh, security organizations, we follow uh, these, uh, these uh, challenges. Uh, I, I believe, and many other Israelis also believe, that such a riots and such a challenges are really, really uh, uh, horrible threats, and that the state itself must do everything in order to avoid uh, avoid the, such, such a phenomenon. Just on your second point, I mean, I saw reported in the Israeli media that everyone that was arrested um, in the in the in the rioting was very soon re released released afterwards. How do you how do you reconcile that with your with your suggested approach of kind of of stiff punishments? Sure, I, I think that uh, you know uh, there was some uh, some uh, steps that, that were taken against those who were involved in the, in those uh, riots. Uh, first, uh, about uh, I think it was between six to eight were arrested and immediately uh, released. Uh, and today, uh, on Wednesday, they were uh, some of them were arrested again. I think that the steps against those uh, those. Uh, 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 settlers must must be must must be much tougher, much more serious. They should deter others uh, who plan to uh, to uh, uh, promote uh, similar steps. And uh, I really accept uh, uh, Netanyahu personally to uh, to promote to lead such a steps. Well, that one that one we'll have to wait and we'll have to wait and see. Um, no doubt. In, in parallel this, this week, and kind of perhaps uh, with slight irony, um, there was a unique gathering um, in, the, in, the, in the southern coastal city of, uh, of Aqaba in, jo in Jordan, which saw, I think, a kind of a, a, a unique gathering of senior officials from Israel, the US, Egypt, Jordan, and the Palestinian Authority. Um, first of all, if you could just comment on, uh, on, on, on that gathering and uh, how you think the, the genesis of who was kind of lead, leading that, uh, that maneuver. But this, the part of the agenda when they met was to convene ahead of Ramadan. And I suppose there's another kind of uh, 
conceptual points here that we, we talk about. Ramadan, of course, in, according to traditional Islam, is a time for, for extra concentration, prayer and reflection. But why do you think it's become so synonymous with a, uh, with a fear of increased violence during that month? Well, I, I'll begin with the, the first uh, question, uh, Richard, uh, regarding the, uh, the Aqaba summit. Uh, I, personally, I think that it was a very positive uh, step. I think that any kind of uh, discourse of coordination between Israel and the Palestinians, although it was uh, via the Americans and the Egyptians and the Jordanians, uh, it is good. It is, it is uh, uh, the right direction to achieve stability between Israel and the Palestinians. The problem is that until, until now, there is no clear uh, picture to the, uh, to the Israeli public about the, uh, the understandings it, it, it's, uh, themselves. Uh, there is no, you know, a very, a very clear and formal announcement. We do understand that there were, there were some understandings about uh, 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 maybe uh, limiting the uh, the uh, building in some of the settlements in the in the West Bank, uh, maybe also uh, thinking or uh, concerning uh, renew of the of the uh, security coordination. Uh, the Americans, the American administration, by the way, uh, has a very uh, prominent role in the in those uh, attempts to uh, to achieve reconciliation between Israel and the and the PA. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I do uh, believe, and I, I really want to, I hope that there will be a continu continuity for this, uh, this uh, channel because actually this channel supplies uh, uh, stability right now and uh, for the uh, period of Ramadan. And when we, we uh, mention the period of Ramadan, we always must, uh, must remember that we are talking about the period, a very sensitive a period from the religious point of view. Uh, uh, during Ramadan, a lot of people are praying in mosques. There are broad uh, uh, prayings in, in, in all over uh, the, uh, the mosques in, in the, the West Bank, and mainly in Jerusalem, and mainly in the Temple Mount in, in Jerusalem. And of course, we're talking about, you know, a very spiritual uh, atmosphere, very religious atmosphere that affects uh, uh, individu individuals and, and uh, affects uh, uh, groups. And uh, another, another element that uh, makes, makes the uh, situation more complicated is that during the last uh, decade, Ramadan was celebrated in the same time with Pesach. So, uh, because of the, the there was a, some change in cha some changes in the in the Muslim calendar in the Hijri calendar, so the two the two uh, holidays Pesach and Ramadan were in the same time, and that's of course uh, um, is a, is a, a, an appropriate uh, background for clashes for tension, and I I really uh, hope that uh, Netanyahu will continue with the cautious, uh, even clever policy that he took during the last, uh, the last month. Uh, he limited the, uh, the number of Jews that can, uh, can uh, enter the site itself, the Temple Mount itself. And I really hope that he will keep this kind of policy uh, during the, uh, the uh, period until Ramadan and, of course, during Ramadan. 
Thank you. Um, as you just mentioned, kind of one of the main agenda items at the Aqaba summit um, was to was was to focus on the security coordination between Israel and the Palestinian Authority uh, security forces. Over the years, I suppose even the last ten years or so, in the absence of any um, political process, this has been one of the most significant tools for keeping uh, for keeping the peace and uh, and ma ma maintaining. Uh, maintaining some form of uh, of ties and uh, and dialogue between Israel and the Palestinians. Um, and the conventional thinking was, I suppose, that, that both sides have a vested interest in this. I mean, they have a shared enemy in Hamas yeah. and Islamic Jihad, um, etc. Do you think that is still, after everything you've said, do you think that is still a shared objective? And um, we saw before that, before one of the recent attacks or the operations of the IDF, the Palestinians claiming that they were cancelling the security um, uh, coordination. Um, is that so? Do they still share that objective? And if so, how do we get them back? How do we get the sides back together, uh, working and cooperating together? Well, uh, you know, about uh, 10 years ago, about a decade ago, Richard, uh, Abu Mazen, uh, in, uh, in a public uh, manner, he described the, uh, the uh, security coordination as a, a holy element that uh, uh, improve existence for uh, for uh, supply existence for for the uh, uh, Palestinian Authority, and we should really understand that we uh, Israel and the Palestinians we share a joint interest. We both understand that uh, this element, the element of uh, of the security coordination, is is really existential. Uh, for, for both uh, sides, mainly for the, uh, the Palestinians. And that's why the Palestinians do not, uh, do not throw or do not uh, uh, violate this, uh, this uh, uh, element or frame so quickly. Even today, a month after they declared, the Palestinians declared that uh, about, uh, you know, uh, total and immediate halt in the, in, the, uh, in the security coordination behind scenes, uh, this coordination continues because you cannot even you you cannot promote nothing today in the uh, in the uh, West Bank, whether it's a, a civil step or military step, with no coordination with Israel. So I really hope that both the PA and Israel will uh, will. Uh, will come back to the table, to the table of discussions, to the table, table of the security coordination. And uh, I want to elaborate another issue that is maybe, uh, maybe uh, a reason or a motive for the Palestinians to uh, renew the coordination. Today, they are in a very, one of their, one of their, wor their worst ads. You know, they are so weak. Their, their, their uh, public image is very poor. Uh, they, they, they actually uh, lack uh, of uh, capabilities and lack of sovereignty in many areas in the West Bank, and they do need this coordination and maybe the assistance of Israel in the economic and maybe even in the military uh, levels uh, in order to, to, uh, to return and be uh, a strong or the strongest player in the West Bank. And uh, I really, really uh, uh, believe, and I, I even assess that the Americans are, uh, the American administration uh, is pushing both sides 
to renew the coordination and of course that would be that would be a very uh, a very uh, positive scenario before ramadan and during ramadan absolutely um a second aspect which we understand was on the agenda at the akaba summit was the i suppose the kind of the old framing of uh, cbms of confidence building measures and improving um economic uh, situation for the palestinians um yes. as i mentioned in, in in my opening one one of your former roles was as an advisor to cogat which is kind of the uh, the army body responsible for that civilian liaison um so i just wanted to take your your view what do you think those confidence building measures um could look like at this juncture well I, I think, Richard, that you elaborated a, a very important uh, issue. Actually, the, the whole, uh, the whole uh, question or, or the whole issue of Israeli uh, economic support of the Palestinians or, or what uh, we and actually also the Palestinian uh, call the economic peace is the key that uh, preserved uh, stability or relative stability in the West Bank during the last uh, the last decade. Actually, it was a tool that uh, helped Israel to uh, prevent third intifada in the in the West Bank because most of the Palestinians today we must be aware to that most of them I think 99.9 uh, of them their main aspires they, their main aspires is to uh, preserve their uh, level of life, to uh, promote uh, their, uh, their economic uh, status. They, right now, they don't want uh, any broad uh, violent conflict uh, with Israel. But after, after describing uh, this, uh, this important uh, uh, policy, even I can even describe it as a clever policy, I must uh, also mention that there are two challenges that we in Israel must remember about the economic peace. First of all, there are limits for this, uh, for this power. Uh, and we saw it during the last, uh, the last weeks. The, the economic moves, the economic uh, uh, projects that you, you uh, promote uh, in the Palestinian area, arena, by the way, not only in the West Bank, but also in Gaza, uh, this policy keeps most of the, of the uh, people out of uh, any conflict, but it cannot avoid all, all kind of violence. Uh, and, and most of all violence that is being promoted by individu individuals. And the other uh, challenge, and it is much more complicated, is that we in Israel should be aware for the long-term effects of the, uh, of the economic peace. What what is what uh, is being created uh, because of the economic peace is actually a mix between the two economies, the two markets, the West Bank and Israel, and actually behind scenes, the economic peace brings us closer to the political or strategic situation of one state. And I think that we should not ignore uh, the understanding that the good life and good economy and, and economic stability has also strategic price for the long term. This is a, a, a kind of a question. Any, any leader in Israel that uh, looks, you know, uh, for the long term must remember. 
Well, that's I mean that takes me back to the point you made earlier about the uh, about the, the politics of it and kind of how this government seems to be talking with uh, with two voices at the moment, and it's not clear which one exactly. will, will 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 prevail. Um, and and on from that, I mean, and, and if we stay with COGAT as well, um, you mentioned earlier that uh, Minister Smotrich, the, uh, the the finance minister, is now also has the uh, the role as a minister in the defence ministry and has taken over responsibility for civilian affairs, including COGAT um, in the West Bank. So what do, you, what, what, do you, what do you make of that? What do you think the, the impact of that uh, transfer of power will be? Uh, I must admit, uh, Richard, that I, I'm very critical uh, toward the, the, uh, the last uh, changes. Those are not organizational or symbolic changes. Those are really strategic changes. Uh, and uh, uh, I reject uh, these, uh, those uh, changes because of uh, three reasons. First of all, uh, the uh, organizational uh, change that took place is, is actually a dramatic change uh, regarding the uh, military DNA. You know, uh, there is even a contradiction, a deep contradiction between the, uh, the uh, change that was made and the uh, way or the, the manner that uh, military uh, organizations such as such as Kogat uh, behave in Kogat, as as in the whole uh, army, there is one commander. There is uh, there is a very uh, very uh, clear and organized uh, uh, frame. And right now, there are actually in Kogat two commanders. Uh, one of them is a civilian; he's not a military uh, uh, man. And I think that 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 change is going to cause a lot of confusion and even lack of coordination between Kogat and other uh, other uh, uh, security and political and political frames. Uh, uh, the uh, second uh, the second reason why I oppose uh, this uh, this change, uh, I read a lot. Smotrich uh, uh, articles, Smotrich. Uh, interviews, uh, Smotrich uh, announcements, and uh, you know, I I really can uh, understand that uh, he is uh, trying to promote what he calls uh, the Yehoshua Binun doctrine. His basic strategic long long term aim is to uh, erase the green line to enforce the Israeli uh, sovereignty all over the West Bank and to weaken or even to vanish, to make the, the uh, PA vanished. And I think that all those steps actually will bring us much more closer to the one state situation. And I, of course, oppose such, an, such a scenario. I really think that it's gonna be a nightmare for Israel uh, uh, as much as uh, for the Palestinians. And uh, the last reason I oppose uh, uh, the, uh, the last change in Kogat is that here in Israel, during the last weeks, we face dramatic, uh, 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 full of tension uh, crisis, such as, such as the ju uh, judicial uh, crisis, but also, for example, uh, the, uh, the the last developments regarding the uh, Iranian uh, nuclear program uh, that uh, that actually uh, shows us that we must focus uh, on this existential threat. 
And I really think that uh, all the, uh, all the uh, uh, developments regarding COGAT and all the, the organizational challenges are actually noises that uh, distract us from focusing on the, on the most important issues, the existential threats we should deal with. Uh, and uh, and I, I really think that we're wasting time and we're wasting a lot of, a lot of, a lot of our strength uh, because of, because of uh, dealing with, uh, with not so important issues such as the re reorganization in uh, COGAS. Very interesting. It reminds me of a, a, a quote I heard actually earlier today at the uh, at the INSS conference, um, attributed to a senior commander that mm -hmm. says that, uh, that the, the the IDF is kind of carefully watching events in Iran, is uh, is planning any operation in Lebanon, but in the end strikes in Gaza. Um, and mm -hmm. I mean, I just wanted to make the connection to to Gaza, and if we go back just a few months. Um, yeah. The last round of fighting in, in, in August, um, in a quite an unprecedented uh, manner, um, Israel targeted uh, Palestinian Islamic Jihad and Hamas didn't get involved and, and stayed out of it um, completely. Um, it, the, 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 it was interpreted here, as, as far as I understand, that uh, Hamas has a vested interest in keeping up the uh, the economic, uh, relative economic gains that they have, in particular, the, the 17,000 Gazan workers that come inside and earn a living inside Israel. With everything else that's happening in, in the West Bank, and I get, again, this is a juxtaposition that Hamas is happy to see the, the West Bank go on fire whilst keep things relatively quiet in Gaza, even though we have seen some sporadic rocket fire. I just wanted mm -hmm. to get your assessments of kind of that interconnectivity between the West Bank and uh, and, and Gaza, and if you think that that logic holds that uh, the Hamas are deterred from starting anything, a serious escalation out of Gaza. Well, I, you know, I, I think, uh, Richard, that uh, the issue of, uh, of Gaza and of course Hamas is uh, also, as all the, the other points uh, we were talking about, is very complicated and uh, we must uh, make a, a separation between the image and, and reality. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's true, of course, that Hamas during the last year keeps uh, the situation in Gaza uh, very calm, but not because Hamas is afraid from uh, Israel or, 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 uh, or uh, there is a, a very heavy deep uh, deterrence uh, of Israel uh, toward Hamas, but because of the basic feeling of Hamas that uh, um, the movement enjoys a lot of uh, economic achievements. And you mentioned correctly the uh, 17,000 workers that get out every day from Gaza to Israel and back. And, uh, you know, all those achievements, Hamas is uh, very satisfied uh, because of them. And Hamas is much more satisfied because uh, the movement need to pay no price for, for all the uh, achievements, mainly uh, uh, the, the prize uh, that is regarding the issue of the soldiers and the civilians in the, uh, the, that uh, are in the hands of Hamas for several uh, years. And, uh, you know, uh, when you're checking Hamas policy during the last, uh, the last uh, year, uh, of course, as we mentioned before, the uh, the gas the street Gaza Street is quiet is very quiet and very very stable. But 
on the same time from Gaza itself, Hamas promotes uh, terror attacks, promotes incitement in the West Bank. Actually, uh, Hamas attempts to inflame the atmosphere in the, in the West Bank to, uh, to uh, harm Israel and to harm the Palestinian uh, Authority. From time to time, there are all also violations, uh, rocket launches uh, toward uh, Israel, mainly after clashes in the, in the West Bank. And uh, I think that in the end of the day, we in Israel should uh, be frank and, uh, you know, um, uh, even modest enough to admit that actually Hamas enforce a very negative equation on Israel. On one hand, Hamas uh, uh, keeps the, uh, the Gaza Strip uh, calm, but on the other hand, Hamas, is, uh, is, uh, Hamas promotes uh, very, very violent, very tough steps toward Israel from the same place, from, from, from Hamas uh, uh, headquarters in, in Gaza. And I think that after, uh, let's call it like that, after uh, we will achieve, if we will achieve uh, stability in the West Bank, and after there uh, will be uh, less, uh, less uh, tension in the uh, internal arena in Israel, Israel should think or consider the equation toward Hamas. I think that Israel should condition every economic um, step toward Gaza uh, in, the, uh, in the policy of Hamas toward the West Bank. If Hamas will continue to promote terror, if will continue to promote incitement to Israel, toward the West Bank or the Arab sector in Israel, Israel should limit, not halt, limit the economic moves toward Gaza. And, uh, you know, I, I do not want a broad uh, uh, escalation again in Gaza, but I do think that the current equation between us and Hamas is very twisted and must be fixed. Yes, it's a, it's, a, it's it's very very difficult. But thank you for thank you for clarifying that uh, that point. Perhaps just one final question. Um, back in the West Bank, and you, you've spoken about the kind of the, the endemic weakness of the Palestinian Authority. I just want to know, looking ahead, kind of where you see the the future of the Palestinian Authority, particular with an aging leader in uh, in Mahmoud Abbas um, mm -hmm. Abu, Abu Mazin um, in in a post Abbas uh, West Bank. Can the Palestinian Authority survive? What would be your um, anticipation of what will happen? And I suppose in terms of the, the succession, where would you be betting? Well, actually, as we described before, uh, Richard, uh, the PA right now is one of its uh, worst apps uh, regarding its uh, status, its influence, its self-confidence. And in a general manner, I do think that uh, the PA uh, on the short term would not collapse. The, the main scenario here in Israel that we should fear from is not a collapse, a noisy collapse of the PA, but gradual dying of the, of the PA. I think that the PA gradually will lose all kinds of civil functions and all kinds of, uh, of um, uh, responsibilities. And the meaning, the results of this, uh, develop, of this development will be vacuums that will be created uh, in the West Bank. And unfortunately, Israel or Hamas will be the players that, that will have or wish 
to get into these vacuums and actually be responsible for a lot of uh, issues instead of the uh, Palestinian Authority, like health and like economy and like education and, of course, uh, security. Regarding the question of the day after uh, Abu Mazen, we are st still talking about heavy uh, question mark uh, in, the, in the Palestinian arena. Till now, there is no uh, you know, very clear, prominent uh, uh, candidate uh, to be uh, the next president uh, after Abbas. Most of the Palestinians are not even interested in the whole uh, dynamics and the conflicts between the figures, the senior figures uh, in the Palestinian uh, leadership. Their own or only um, uh, uh, aim is that uh, the day after Abu Mazen will be uh, uh, full of stability and uh, economic uh, and good economy uh, in, the, in, in, their, in their basic uh, lives. And right now I can, uh, you know, it's a mixture between assessment to wishful thinking. I really hope that uh, if Abbas will leave us, uh, it's going, it, it, it make, uh, it, by the way, it, it, uh, it might uh, take uh, time because his father uh, died in the, year, in the year of 103. So maybe there are a lot of uh, years to still to, uh, uh, to uh, work with, uh, with Abu Mazen, with uh, Abbas. Uh, but I really hope that uh, a coalition of uh, all the senior figures in the Palestinian arena, such as uh, Hussein al-Sheikh, uh, such as Majid Faraj, the head of the general, uh, the general uh, intelligence. Intelligence. Or, uh, sorry, uh, Richard? No, sorry, carry on. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and Jibril Rajoub. Uh, one of uh, Fatah uh, prominent, uh, prominent uh, leaders will gather together and actually create a coalition that will, uh, will uh, uh, preserve the relative stability in the, in the West Bank. Um, I think that Israel should remember that, uh, uh, that it has a very important role in the day after Abu Mazen. The uh, question of uh, economic or civil stability depends a lot on Israeli policy. And I think that if Israel will be wise enough, if Israel will be cautious enough to, uh, to uh, preserve uh, the Palestinians, the, uh, the economic uh, stability, the day after Abu Mazen can be very similar to the day before Abu Mazen. Uh, but I think also that Israel should remember always not to, uh, to get into a very dangerous adventures of involving in the, in the uh, internal conflicts uh, in the Palestinian arena, arena and mainly between the, uh, the senior figures in the Palestinian arena. And of course, not to, uh, not to think about nominating any, any candidate, any leader uh, to the uh, Palestinian arena. Here in Israel, we have uh, a very bad uh, history in such uh, such an adventures here in the Palestinian arena, but also in other places like Lebanon, and we must be uh, cautious enough uh, when uh, when we analyze or when we uh, crystallize uh, our policy toward uh, such uh, scenarios. Absolutely, that sounds like uh, sounds like wise words, um, uh, Dr. Milstein. Thank you so much for all your analysis today. 
very much appreciated and uh, thank you thank you for your time thank you for having me richard <laughs>